Hello and welcome to season five of Nicholas's podcasting jar, uh, semicolon, infusical, that television musical. Uh, this is one man's journey of infusing drinks while talking about musical episodes from TV shows. I'm your host, Nicholas Margellos. Each week, I dive into the musical wonder that exists in specific episodes of television shows. I then watch the musical episodes, and I dissect them, and uncover what the musical episode means for each show's universe, but also for the genre of musicals as a whole. And I do all of this over a delectable or not-so-delectable drink or food infusion. Today's episode, a musical episode that is also a crossover crossover that is also a reunion of a few actors who were previously on Glee together and are now all superheroes or even supervillains. This week, we're talking about Season 3, Episode 17 of the CW hit show, Flash. The episode is entitled, Duet. As I previously mentioned here, this is a crossover episode, so the other superhero in this episode is Supergirl. Um, and, and, and it's in her show that this crossover begins, technically. Uh, at the end of the 16th episode of the second season of Supergirl, it's an episode entitled, entitled Starcrossed, um, the, the episode is left on a bit of a cliffhanger. Uh, Supergirl, aka Kara, has just broken up with her uh, boyfriend. Uh, because he uh, kind of lied about who he was. Um, he is from a saying that he was like from Krypton, but he's not really from Krypton. He's from this like Krypton, similar powers to Krypton, but he actually is from a different. Uh, he was trying to protect her with the lie, if that makes any sense. It's, it's kind of complicated. To be honest, it's been a long time since I've watched either of these shows. I've, I've uh, I, I watched. I think I watched this episode uh, when it first initially aired because uh, I did really like both of these shows. Out of all the, the CW shows, uh, Supergirl and, and Flash were, I think, two of my favorites. Um, I think even at this point, Supergirl might have still been on CBS, so it was even kind of a crossover between channels because Flash is on CW and, and Supergirl was on uh, CBS, and then obviously. I think after season two, it got moved to CW with the other shows, and they kind of combined universes. But at this point in time, they live in completely different universes, and I'll get into that in a second here. But the boyfriend, he had lied about who he's trying to, you know, he's trying to protect her. Um, and just as she's getting over that sort of breakup, there is this new fugitive that enters the, you know, Supergirl headquarters. This alien, this fugitive, is played by none other than the very power musical star himself, the star kid, Darren Chris. Now, Darren Chris is playing the music meister, who is, in this inter- iteration of the character, is an alien. But uh, according to his first appearance, which was on the animated show Batman Brave and the Bold, uh, the music meister is a metahuman with the ability to cause every living being who hears his voice to burst into singing and dance as though they were in a musical. Uh, While people are stuck in the singing and dancing state of being, they are compelled to obey the Meister's commands. Um, His influence even uh, is effective even when he is several feet away or in another room. Um, The effects of his uh, vocal sort of 
hypnosis can be blocked out using earplugs. Um, even victims, so then victims then recover their normal faculties uh, within moments after the Meister departs or is rendered unconscious. That's kind of the way that you take him out is one of the ways is to, to knock him unconscious. Um, so that first appears, uh, that character first appears in Batman Brave and the Bold, uh, which is a fantastic animated series. I think it was on Cartoon Network uh, back in like maybe 2012 or something like that. Um, which makes him a fairly new character as far as, you know, comics characters go. Um, a lot of times, especially in comics nowadays, we're just recycling old material. I mean, the, the, the history of comic book characters is so long that you can go back to one issue from 1969 and you can pick out one super small character and bring him back and revive him into this brand new character, which has been done many times before, but this is actually a brand new character, which kind of makes sense because you can't really do a, a, a music meister character um, on in comic book format. You know, it kind of has to be sung and it has to be in like a TV show or something like that. Um, I will say the music meister also carries a rod-shaped weapon resembling a conductor's baton that fires energy blasts that are shaped like musical notes. Um, for transportation, he rides a fast, highly maneuverable scooter in the shape of two beamed eighth notes. The version of that character from Batman the Brave and the Bold was played by Neil Patrick Harris. This was during the time when NPH was having his, his big real comeback, as you might say, after you know no longer being known as the Doogie Guy. Uh, he was in How I Met Your Mother, and he was hosting the Tonys, and... You know, people loved all of his singing. He was even on Glee. He was in Harold and Kumar. Um, he was in... I remember, I remember the episode of Glee. They sing um, Dream On, I think. And it's him and, and Mr. Schuster. Is that the guy's name? Who's like the teacher? They're like old rivals and they're singing a song and try to... They're both like uh, trying out for a play or something like that. I don't, I don't really remember. Sing with me. Sing for the year. Sing for the laughter. I only mention that because both the character that plays Barry and the character that plays Supergirl were also both on Glee, as well as Darren Chris. Um, I think the Iris's dad's character, uh, Joe West, was also in some sort of musical movie, I think, with the tech guy from the Supergirl universe, so it's also kind of a coming back together for those characters as well. We'll get more into that when we, we talk about uh, all that stuff. So that's kind of where uh, the music meister or, you know, his origins are. He was in this episode where he's trying to take over all of the, the Justice League by using making them sing and stuff like that. I think Black Canary makes an appearance and she ends up like screaming or singing, singing so loud that it breaks all of the speakers and something like that and brings everyone back. It's, it's an interesting episode and I'll definitely post a link in the description and um, you know, right here, I'll insert a, uh, a, a little, a little clip that you can listen to Neil Patrick Harris singing one of his songs from that episode. The Music Meister! 
Let down your arms, my friends, your arrows, guns, and swords. Your resistance to my charm now ends when I belt these power cords. Good guys or bad guys, it doesn't really matter. You are all just slaves to my hypnotic patter. As I regale you with my story, you'll know you have no choice but to do my evil bidding when you hear this booming voice. Oh, I'm the music master. It's the music master. And everyone just falls. It's the music master. And we are all his and so for me, it's destiny to be the maestro of villainy. Yes, I'm the music meister, and I'm here to settle the score. So that's that appearance, uh, the first sort of appearance. Obviously, the, the character comes back, I think, in another comic book after his first appearance in the show. Um, but it, he is not really seen too much of uh, that often. However, now we have the first live-action version of the character, uh, and he's a bit different. Instead of being um, a, a, a meta-human, he's actually an alien. And um, he, he seems to... Or even... He, maybe he's not an alien, because there's even... Not to get too much into the ending of this episode, but he maybe like he seems very all powerful, kind of, uh, or all knowing in some weird ways, uh, which he could be. Uh, maybe he's like just from another dimension. He gave me very uh, for the superhero fans out there. He gave me some uh, like Mister Mixplicit um, or 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 Batmite vibes. You know what I mean? Like sort of fifth dimension dweller sort of vibes, uh, just to, like. He was putting on a show, you know what I mean? Like, that kind of a stuff. Um, uh, so, anyway, the people at Supergirl's headquarters just call him an alien. Uh, and instead of forcing people to do his bidding via song, this music meister uh, hypnotizes Supergirl just by looking at her. So, there's this interaction where, you know, the music meister is being handcuffed and he's brought into the Supergirl headquarters and he finally sees Supergirl and he's like, ah, yes. Yes, yes, you. Why else do you think I'd let myself be caught? Come on. She's funny. <laughs> I've been looking for you. And uh, Supergirl, just by uh, looking at this man, falls into a coma. Um, and Supergirl, in her Supergirl episode, finds herself in a dream. And she is, is like the lounge singer. And she's up next to sing. So she, and she better be ready. But she has no idea how she got there. And that's kind of where that episode ends. Um, I think right before he leaves, Music Meister says something like, Ladies and gentlemen, this dimension has been so much fun. I've had a blast, but I gotta go chase down the fastest man alive. Toodles! It's like, well, find out what happens next on The Flash. Tune in. Uh, and so that's kind of like the... It was just a really short little uh, ending of the episode. Maybe the last, like, five minutes of it. It had nothing to do with the rest of the episode. But just so that you're aware, that's kind of where the duet episode really begins. Um, uh, so now real fast, let's talk about uh, the, the, the directors and the writers here. Um, du uh, duet is directed by DeMont Daniel Downs, uh, who first worked 
with the CW Arrowverse producer Greg Berlanti on Tomorrow People. If you ever watched that show, it was also on the CW. They did that show together. And then he's actually grown to become the director for many of the CW Arrowverse shows. Um, which I even read something the other day about how Arrowverse is now trying to become called the CWverse or something like that. Which I hate. Which I, I, I hate that. It um, Arrowverse is is the beginning of... It made all the other shows possible. So you have to keep it known as the Arrowverse. But I just... I thought I'd say... You know, if you see something online about, you know, people arguing over... Should it be the Arrowverse or CWverse? Just know that my... Where I stand, at least, is that it should be called the Arrowverse. Um, just because that's, that's where all the shows began. That was the first show on and then some shows splintered off afterward but if it wasn't for arrow you know it, it wouldn't be none of the other ones would exist in my opinion it's those ones are mad those, those, those are the ones that matter um so uh he, he even um dermot daniel downs the director uh was also very it's, it's important to know this he also uh was quite essential in getting to know um getting the show uh legends of tomorrow off the ground and finding its voice he uh helped pitch the initial pitch for the show and, and help bring kind of the those characters to life, um, which I think is very important because that show kind of really grown, grew, grew into something wonderful, grew into something fantastic. Um, so then uh, let's talk about the story. The story is written by Greg Berlanti and Andrew Kreisberg, who are, I think, kind of the Flash kind of uh, showrunners, at least during this time, at least. I think Andrew Kreisberg was also maybe, uh, I think he maybe maybe I'm sure he's I think he's fired from the Flash now. Yeah, he got fired for sexual misconduct. That's yeah. Um, but he was a producer for both Flash and Supergirl. So uh, I think that's probably why there was this crossover between the two, uh, because I think he was probably you know sort of uh, getting that going. But they were part of a lot of the CW shows. Uh, but in the actual teleplay, the actual script, I think, is written by Aaron and Todd, Aaron and Todd Helbing, um, who, and they've actually written some of the best episodes of The Flash, and I even think, I think they took over as showrunners after Andrew Kreisberg got fired, um, which makes sense why this episode is so good, because uh, they, they, I wouldn't say the dialogue is fantastic in this episode, but uh, most CW shows really don't have that great of dialogue, but the concept and the stakes that make that are made in this episode that's that's kind of what makes this episode so entertaining to watch um and i think these guys always write uh episodes that are just fantastic to watch and i implore you to kind of uh dive deeper into those characters if 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 uh if you have the time or if you want to or if you, if you care um wow um so uh really fast i should explain uh, what my infusion this week is uh, before I, one, forget, and two, so you can understand, uh, you might be saying to yourself, Nick, you seem a little off today. You seem a little uh, out of breath, a little crazy. Um, so let me just kind of explain to you what's going on here, and we'll talk about my infusion. Um, to start off my day, I decided to make myself a nice cup of gel around 9 a.m. Uh, around 10 a.m., Sophie went out, and she did an interview, and she came back afterward, and uh, she went and got me a coffee. But uh, the one that she ordered was incorrect, and so they gave her an extra black coffee. So I drink a coffee in the morning, 
Sophie doesn't like the coffee that they got her, so she has three cups of coffee now. I take two of them. So now, I, you know, I'm three cup of coffees in, and um, I, I start doing my research for this episode, and I discover the beauty of infused honey, and that's kind of where I'm like, wow, this is fascinating. And, the, and the, what, what gets me into it is that I discover this thing called Café Con Miel, I think that's what it's called. Uh, Miel, M-I-E-L, which is, I think, Spanish for honey or something. But it's this thing where people mix honey and nutmeg and cinnamon into 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 their coffee, and it's just it's before you know before you have creamers and stuff like that. So what you do? This, this is what it is. It's two cups of coffee, half a cup of milk. Uh, I which I had only almond milk, but according to my friend Shannon, almond milk is actually really good way to go because of the nuttiness of the almond milk. It, it mixes very well, I guess, which you should check out Shannon on Instagram. She talks a lot about coffee. Uh, she's very educational. I think if you're interested in that type of thing, uh, she helps you, I think, brew a, a good cup of coffee. Um, she's Shan B. Bruin on Instagram. That's like Shan, like S H A N, like her name B. Bruin, but without a G, you know, it's B R E W I N. Like, like how hip kids say it, you know what I mean? So you should follow her on Instagram. She has been educational to me and I think might be educational to you. You just give it a shout out. It's a free shout out to her. I care about her a lot and I hope she's doing all right. Um, so, so I, I'm so, okay. So two cups of coffee, half a cup of milk. I did all the milk. What is it? Uh, four tablespoons of honey, one eighth tablespoon, no, it's teaspoon of vanilla extract, which I actually put a little bit more than one eighth because I didn't, I thought, I thought kind of vanilla extract was going to be a little bit more syrupy, but it wasn't. And so when I dipped my bottle, it just kind of a whole bunch fell in there. Um, so it wasn't, but it didn't taste bad. Just spoiler alert. Um, you can put a little extra than one eighth. Uh, and then also one eighth teaspoon of cinnamon and a dash of nutmeg. Um, and so then I made this for myself and now I'm even, so now at this point I've had like seven or eight cups of coffee. Um, and, and so I'm, I'm starting to feel jittery. My stomach hurts a little bit. Uh, I feel very aware of everything and I feel like I cannot shut down. I cannot keep my mind straight. So this is either going to be a wonderful episode full of fascinating facts and, and, and a lot of coming at you all at once. So maybe don't listen to this at one and a half speed or whatever you do. Maybe this is an episode that you finally listen to at just one speed. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, uh, Café Con Miel uh, obviously isn't, isn't an infusion per se. Um, so I started looking up infusions uh, uh, because I, I enjoy doing... Um, making the infused olive oil from two episodes ago. And so I wanted to try something similar to that again. So I started looking up uh, honey infusions. And first, I decided to do the bourbon-infused honey. And so I used my uh, Jepson's bourbon from Chicago. The people that make Jepson's Malort uh, started doing a bourbon. And my mother brought me one when she came by a few months ago. And I decided to use it for my honey. Uh, and it was quite delightful, I think. Um, and then I was going to do a coffee bean infused honey, but I couldn't find any coffee beans. I only had ground coffee, which is crazy because I usually only have actual beans. Um, but it's probably for the best because I, I've already had too much caffeine. And I, you know, even if you do coffee beans and honey, I'm sure you still get some ca caffeine out of it. And I really don't need any more caffeine. I don't, I don't need to be anywhere near beans at all, you know. But um, I remembered that I loved doing the olive oil with green peppers. Well, well, not green peppers, but with peppers from my garden. They were green, but it doesn't. they're not like green peppers or anything like that. Um, so I went out to my garden and I grabbed some of the red peppers, technically, but they're not like red peppers. They were jalapeno 
jalapenos and I think hot peppers that had both turned red, which I don't know if that means they weren't getting enough water or something like that. But um, I feel like I'm not breathing enough. So let's just all take a break together. Let's just all take a break together and just take a deep breath and try to get some more oxygen back into our systems. So these peppers, uh, they were hot because, uh, and I know this because after I cut them up, I accidentally touched my nose and now my nose is kind of burning. I should also say that I infused two different ways here. So with the bourbon, I put the honey in a pan and I lately sort of, uh, began to heat it up. I put a bay pepper in there, a bay pepper, and then I added, so it was one cup of honey and one fourth cup bourbon. And I let that kind of simmer and then I put it in the refrigerator. However, that was how, that was the same way I did the olive oil. However, I wanted to take an easier step with the peppers this time. So I did a, I just cut up the peppers and put them right in into the honey. Um, didn't even really heat it up or anything. And to be honest, I think that it still got a lot of the flavor. And I don't know, it did. Sometimes I think that when you heat something up, you're kind of changing the chemicalness of it all. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. I think there's something to say about doing things both ways. This time around, I will say that the bourbon tasted really good. The the, the, the bourbon honey. I don't know. Uh, to, each, to each their own. I think that you can do it both ways, and, and both ways can be fun. However, I will say I made quite a mess. Honey, uh, in the in, it was sticky. Honey's sticky. I don't know if you guys know this, but honey is sticky. Um, I put both things into jars. One of the jars I used it initially had like duck fat in it, but I, I dumped the duck fat out and had to clean it all out because I was never going to use it. I initially bought it because I, I I wanted to deep fry my fries in duck fat because that's how Hot Dogs does it. And I always kind of wanted to open up my own hot dogs shop. Uh, and I thought maybe that if I could do, if I could nail good fries, if you can nail good fries, if you can, if you can perfect a good fry, you're going to have a good hot dog shop. That's just a fun fact from me, from me to you, you know. Uh, that's another like little wink, wink, nudge, nudge to my Chicago peeps. First I mentioned Jepsons and now I've mentioned hot hot dogs. Um, you know I love you. You know I love you. I miss you. That's, that's for real. That's for real. <clears throat> I hope I'm not missing stuff here or, or, and I, and I know that I'm being a little bit confusing, but, uh, I do kind of feel like I'm on drugs. Uh, I feel a little high on caffeine and I, and I know that to, to the rest of my day is going to be wild because it's, as soon as this high drops down, I'm going to be a, a slow sick poke for the rest of the day. And I might even need to take a nap at some point and it is only like one o'clock. So that's not great. Um, so in the, in the order that I told you about the concoctions that I made and then in the infusions is probably the order that I would rank them. The cafe called meal, the bourbon, honey, the pepper, honey, uh, is probably in that order from most delicious to least delicious. Um, I'm excited to talk about it more at some other point. Uh, it was, this has only been, they've been only brewing for just a few days. So I'm, I'm curious to see, um, after it infuses for a little bit longer, how it tastes. Uh, and we'll check in again later, I'm sure. Um, but now, uh, now that you know a little bit about my infusions and you know a little bit about my state of mind, I've had too much coffee, the coffee come meal, the, uh, the, 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 the problem that happened at our local 
coffee shop, the the morning coffee that I thought I was just drinking because it was going to be my only coffee of the day, and, and now here I am. Now that you understand all that, let's finally get back to the musical right after this commercial break. Still trying to get your yard into shape? Enough is enough, I say. A real man isn't afraid of asking for a little help, is he? Well, I know when I called Landscape 911, they helped me out of a real bind. You see, my in-laws were coming from overseas, and they were expecting to see a garden paradise, with weeds everywhere, yellow grass, and a lump of who knows what in the corner. I needed help, and I needed it fast. But it was Emergency 911 that really helped. And they arrived almost immediately with a crew that would, would have impressed even Napoleon. Needless to say, calling Landscape 9-11 saved my yard, my skin, and probably my marriage. Check them out at the website.com. Landscape 9-11, cause you know them, you'll need them. Now back to the show. So duet starts with young Barry Allen, sitting with his mother watching Singing in the Rain. His mother says something along the lines of, I told you, everything's better in song. When you speak, it's just words. But when you sing, you open up your soul and let who you really are shine through. Thanks, Mom. Mm, I love you, my beautiful boy. I love you, too. We shoot to the present, where Barry Allen is again watching this musical Singing in the Rain. He's using it as a way to cheer himself up after his breakup with Iris. Uh, just then, John Johns and Mon L of Earth 38 arrive on Earth 1. Um, that's the Supergirl universe to the Flash universe. Uh, and they have the, this, you know, comatose Kara Danvers, aka Supergirl, in their arms. Um, and they hope the Flash team can help uh, revive her. Uh, they also warn Barry that this escaped prisoner, Music Meister, claimed that he would uh, be coming for the Flash as well. So that's kind of why they also came there, was to also protect Barry as well as they could. But just then, Music Meister comes in and also places Barry in a coma as well, similar to the one that Kara's in. It kind of just stares at him with his eye kind of glowing and, and, and shuts Barry down. And, uh, and, and Barry wakes up to find himself without his powers in this musical dream world. Uh, and he sees uh, Kara singing in this nightclub that he's in. And she's singing Moon River. Moon River It's a beautiful, beautiful rendition of the song. I think she does a wonderful job singing this song. It's also a beautiful song. It's one of my favorites. Um, it's it's from Breakfast at Tiffany's, right? Or it's probably, it's she sings it in Breakfast at Tiffany's. What's her name does? Um, Audrey Hepburn. That's not from that, but I think that's what they're going for. That's that's the feel that they're going for with Kara singing this song is kind of very much in the spirit of Supergirl. I think. Um, I will say also that everyone in this musical dream world uh, resembles someone they know from the real world. Think, um, a la... uh, Somewhere Over the Rainbow. What's that movie called? Uh, The Wizard of Oz, you know, where the the, the Tin Man also looks like her uncle or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Um, 
so that's kind of what the, you know that's what this this universe they're in kind of is like and so the music meister tells Kara and Barry that they have to follow the scripts if they want to return to the real world which spoiler isn't really the way they get back to the real world we'll get into that in a second here but uh he warns them that if they die in this world they die in real life so the stakes are high here um he then sings the song put a little love into your heart or put a love in your heart think of your fellow man lend him a helping hand Put a little love in your heart. Uh, with a little help from um, Cisco, who's playing some other guy, and um, Supergirl's version of Cisco, which I forget his name. Uh, but they also help in joining the song, and a few other people do as well. It's it's a whole big, it's like a fun opening number. I feel like I guess. then Barry and Kara are forced to work as singers in the nightclub that is run by gangster Cutter Moran, who's played by John Barrowman, uh, who also plays Malcolm Merlin in Arrow, and, and uh, he's occasionally crossed over with The Flash, so Flash recognizes this man, uh, but he doesn't know the name Malcolm Merlin, he's you know, I'm the, I'm the gangster, you better watch out for me. Uh, but John is also like a professional singing actor. I think he played Sweeney Todd or, um, no, no, no. Uh, he, according, according to the internet, he has played lead roles in various musicals, both in West and, uh, both in West End and on opera, including both in West End and on Broadway. What the, what is wrong with my brain? Including Phantom of the Opera, Miss Saigon, Sunset Boulevard, and Matador. Um, so there's that. So John Merle, Cutter Moran, whatever his name is, uh, he has rivals named, uh, Diggy, Diggsy Foss, who is played by Iris's dad and Iris's dad's, not well, it's, it's Figsy, Figsy Foss's husband. Figsy Foss is such a crazy name. What the, what kind of gangster name is that? But Figsy Foss's, Diggsy Foss, Diggsy Foss's husband is played by Victor Garber, who also is a character in this universe. I think he plays, like, Firestorm or something like that. But he he was in Sweeney Todd, as well as he played Jesus in Jesus Christ Superstar. And I think he won a Tony for being in Damn Yankees, which I only know, like, one song from Damn, Yan- Damn Yankees, but it, was, it, it seems like a fun musical, and I'd like to uh, learn more about it if I could. I love baseball stories. I mean, Sandlot, Angels in the Outfield... Sandlot 2, Major League, Sandlot 3, Major League 2. There's so many good ones. Um, so anyway, Iris's dad, Digsy, and his husband, which is his unnamed, he's just Digsy's husband, I think. They have um, they have their they have their men kidnap Barry and Kara and tell them tell them that they have to go find their daughter, Millie Foss, who is of course Iris. 
and they believe that I, that Millie Foss is being held hostage by by the Cutter gangsters, you know. But when Barry and Kara find Millie, she is in a forbidden relationship with Cutter's son Tommy Moran, who is played by Monel, which is just so you understand what's happening. This is Barry's ex and Kara's ex. They're together in this universe, in this dreamscape. Um, and they're kissing and stuff, and that breaks their hearts, and, and Kara and Barry are heartbroken. But uh, in order to follow the script, as, as uh, the Meister so eloquently, eloquently put it, Barra and Carrie, uh, Barry and Kara convince the pair to reveal their love to their parents, which helps Barry and Kara to realize their own mistakes. Both Barry and Kara had breakups that revolved around lying and not being fully honest with each other. So this discovery about being honest to your parents and how sometimes you have to keep things away from people to protect them and blah, 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 that really shines a light on how valuable relationships are and how much people care about each other. Um, and, and, it, and it helps them, you know, sort of make sense of their feelings uh, in the real world, you know. Um, so Digsy and his husband and Cutter seemingly give their approval of this relationship now. And um, I think Digsy, all the, all, the, all the fathers sing, More I Cannot Wish You. Velvet, I can wish you for the color of your coat And fortune smiling all along your way But more I cannot wish you than to wish you find your love Your own true love this day Um but they then subsequently decide uh, to forget all that and they go to war. They, they both are like, of course you can have your love. And then um, they're like, no, uh, love's off. We're going to war. Back in the real world, Cisco, Wally West, and John Johns uh, find out that the, the, the Meister is trying to rob a bank or something like that. But they all take him down and they bring him back to Star Labs and put him in the, one of the prison cells. Because uh, they're like, because supposedly the Meister, when he puts like them in their, when he puts them in a coma, the, the comatose state, uh, he like gets their powers, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Um... So then back in the musical reality, Barry and Kara are preparing to sing an original song to appease Cutter, and they sing a song called Super Friends. At times like these, when life is getting me down, and the world seems like it's gonna end, ship, there's at least one power that we both still have, and that's the power of friendship. Yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna say. Yeah, it's an easy rhyme. I'm your super friend, your super friend. I'll be there in the nick of time if you're ever in a spot. And if you're not there in time, you can just go back in time and give it another shot. I'm actually not supposed to do that anymore. Oh, okay. Sing. I'm your super friend, super friend. When you need 
compliment I can rattle off a dozen. For instance, I have to say I'm not impressed by your more famous cousin. But uh, right as they're singing, a gang war begins outside, and Barry and Kara are shot in the crossfire, and they begin to die. But just then, Cisco, Monel, and Iris vibe into the world, which, just so you know, Cisco, his superhero name is Vibe, and he kind of has the power to, at least in the Flash universe, he can vibe into different dimensions, which I don't know if that's really what he can do in the comics. I think that he just, in the comics, is like a good, like, DJ or something like that, and he, like, wiki, 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 and, like, he kind of, like, can sound wave people and push them away and stuff like that, but maybe not. Maybe he does do parallel universes. I don't know. So, Cisco Monel, Iris, they all come into the world, and Monel kisses Supergirl as she lays dying shot, and uh, Barry shoots Iris, um, and you know, Monel apologizes to Kara and she forgives him, and just like that, they wake up in Star Labs, and Meister escapes his cell and reveals to Barry and Kara that he just wanted them to realize. Uh, their love, you know what I mean? That was that was all I was doing, was trying to make you guys understand your love. Um, which, why was he trying to rob, a, rob the bank? I don't understand that. I don't, doesn't really make a ton of sense to me. Um, why was this the way to do it? Why did he say that they needed to follow the script? It doesn't really, I don't know. It's not a huge deal, but um, uh, finally, uh, Barry serenades and he... Uh, proposes kind of for a second time but he proposes to iris and she accepts uh, and he sings a song running home to you can't say how the days will unfold can't change what the future may hold but i want you in it every hour every minute that's a beautiful song, um, and it's it's the it's this like song that he sings outside of the musical world. So kind of it's a it's a song that he just kind of sings to to the love of his life, and it's beautiful. And I think that's it uh, for the story, really. Um, the music is fun. The song "Super Friends" that's written by Rachel Bloom, who stars in the other CW show "Crazy Ex-Girlfriend." Uh, supposedly, she jumped. I have the opportunity to write a song for the episode, hearing that they're, you know, hearing that they were going to do a musical episode, she wanted to be part of it. Um, so she teamed up with a lot of her old comedy buds, and, and probably one of her super nerdy friends was like, "Hey, do you know anything about the Flash? Do you know, hey, do you know anything about, do you know anything about the Flash? <laughs> you know." Um, and, and so um, they, they they wrote that song together, and it's a good song. I like that song. It's a a little, you know, hinky, but it's it's fun. It's you know, they're, the song is supposed to be like they're creating an original song. So like, what do we do? We don't, we've never written a song before, and so it kind of makes sense that the song is a little goofy. You know what I mean? It doesn't doesn't have to be perfect. Um, and then uh, the other song, "Running Home to You," which is that final song that Barry sings was another original song that was written by the Dear Evan Hansen writers. Um, and, and, and that one's all very fun. But I think it's time to wrap up this episode uh, because during the break, I went to the bathroom and I, and I didn't completely wash the pepper juices off my hands. 
and 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 now things are burning and i and i feel like dying and uh um it's just i need to take a nap i, I think i need to take a nap or i don't know i need to stop speaking is what i need to do because uh, there's not enough oxygen getting to my brain and i feel sick to my stomach and i'm spinning and i'm going to pass out so until next time be safe i love you Episode 4 for recording of Subject BN679. First and foremost, I'd like to apologize for last week's recording uh, outro. I um, will not happen again. Uh, subject brain patterns still seem to be about the same. We even, uh, the implanted memories that we have added to him seem to be having some sort of uh, effect on uh, his energy levels. Uh, but we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. Um, I think that um, things are, are beginning to uh, unravel here. And we might need to take a different approach next week. Uh, maybe get a few new uh, faces in around to sort of try to stabilize him. Uh, these, these, um, these sort of adventures by himself seem to be not helping matters. Uh, he seems to be getting closer and closer to unlocking his true potential each time he's by himself. So we really need to, um, I think, lock this up, if, 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 if I'm not mistaken here. Um, anyway, um, hopefully um, the memories continue to lock themselves into place inside of his head, and, um, and, and I think he is, 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 from what I can understand, believing that he is a real boy. Um, Anyway, Alpha 1 out.